1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
2: There is a facility beneath Sugarloaf Mountain, which is near the Chimney Rock facility in Lake and the government has bought additional parkland so that this place can only be approached by one road. And the first time I was there, that road was a hairpin gravel road all the way up. Not easy to travel it has since been upgraded huge electrical cables have been put in we actually talked to people who had seen as many as 20 of those huge electric trucks at one time on that road and again it was a narrow gravel road originally and they installed cables that were like 10 inches in diameter that went up the mountain and at the top of the mountain there are only eight houses So there is no excuse for having that kind of electrical power being sent up there. And when you get up to the top, then those cables go under the ground.
0: If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes to subscribe,
1: Here's Richard Serrett.
0: underground bases, subterranean bases, UFO military bases in North Carolina. Mary Joyce has worked for two major metropolitan area newspapers as a writer, columnist, artist, Sunday Magazine editor, and feature editor. On the side, she's written magazine articles and a number of books, and currently she's editor of the Sky Ships Over Cashiers website, which features cutting-edge topics. Hey, Mary, how are you?
2: I'm doing fine. Hope you are too.
0: Tell me a little bit about the Smoky Mountains and your your region of North Carolina.
2: Okay, I live in western North Carolina, where all the mountains are. And when I moved here in 1998, I had no idea how many wonderful, intriguing topics there are hidden in these mountains. And you and I have talked about some of them, like the Little Cherokee, little people. Uh, we also have Bigfoot, we have the underground facilities, which I think is something you want to talk about today. Uh, and of course we have UFOs.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about subterranean bases because people are talking about the possibility of a new Area 51, uh, right underfoot where you are. Uh, what is, what is PARI? P-A-R-I. What does that stand for?
2: It stands for PISCA Astronomical Research Institute, which is the reason everybody has nicknamed it Perry, P-A-R-I. And of the underground bases that I've written about, that is the oldest of the the five that I've written about. And it's under the technically under the Balsam Mountain Ridge, um, again here in western North Carolina.
0: Well, th- th- tell me about it. When when did it open, and and what are they doing there?
2: It started out many years ago as part of the Department of Defense. And it was a satellite tracking station. Um, and then it has evolved. And um, it is now um, sold as an astronomical research institute. It's supposed to be strictly educational. But there's still very odd things that happen around there, including people in military uniforms that are sometimes uh, guarding the gate and sometimes aren't. Um, but I have been able to interview uh, people with high security clearance, um, and they unanimously tell me it is uh, a deep underground facility. Two of them have said it is six stories deep and that it's totally self-sufficient. It has electricity and water and uh, roadways, um, and it's uh, very self-sufficient.
0: Now, if it was... As it has been described, kind of a how did you say it an astro an astrological or an astrophysicist's kind of laboratory. How did you describe it initially?
2: Um, Most of us around here uh, refer to it as a capstone cover. Um, This is the kind of astronomy place that just um, basically is aimed at students or university type researchers. Um, much of the heavy-duty equipment that has been there, all the different satellite dishes and things of that nature, most of them have been moved out once it ceased to be part of the Department of Defense. At least they say it's no longer part of that. Um, But there's so much strange activity. I was contacted at one point by uh, a man who would had a supervisory position in the Air Force, and he and his, uh, at least one of his buddies, had been checking out all the area around Perry uh, before they contacted me. I think they'd been doing it for like maybe five or six months. And they're, you know, it's just nice to get confirmation from more and more people who have that kind of background rather than just, you know, us ordinary folks who might not understand what's going on. And they said one thing that was very peculiar was, uh, on one occasion, when they went by the gate to go into the facility, there was a man in um, a SWAT uniform guarding the gate. And then other times, that gate is wide open and people can come in. They do seem to discourage people from just showing up, uh, at least at certain times. Uh, and other times, you can, you know, just ride into the facility. Have you been there? Uh, I have been to the gate. I actually you might find this strange. I was warned not to go past the gate. And so I have been um I've gotten all my information inside from people who uh have been inside. And um as you may or may not know, I prefer also to be the one that brings the story rather than being the story.
0: Right, right. Now who told you who warned you not to go past the gate, Mary?
2: Um, I cannot tell you that part, but uh, I was warned that it would not be good because they know who I am and you might not want to be there. I have experienced things uh, even being close to the gate. Um, uh, on one occasion, I was in the car with uh, three other people, and as we got closer, we all began to get this real strange sensation in our heads, uh, kind of like an electromagnetic, uh, electromagnetic effect. And it made you feel weird, and it made you want to get away from the place. And when we did leave the area, then that dissipated. A second time when I went there, and again, I was with other people, we all experienced the same uh, same thing. I call it people repellent. Um, one of the um, uh, people with high security clearance that told me about this place uh said that they have electromagnetic uh, energy they can uh, shoot out from there that apparently must be rather common because another place that I've written about is a facility beneath the Smoky Mountain National Park and we've had people had the same experience getting close to where that place is
0: well that's interesting because electrogravitics uh that type of technology which is some say is behind UFO propulsion uh is said to have that same type of effect. So is it possible that rather than they, they're having some sort of a deliberate people-propellant system, as you call it, you're simply experiencing the propulsion system of the UFOs that may be stationed at that base?
2: Um, I would have no way of knowing that. I can tell you that people that live in the area see quite a few UFOs, There is a lake to the west of the facility called Wolf Lake, and it has been reported that they've seen UFOs go in and out of that lake, which might be uh, a way of entering uh, that underground facility. Uh, As you know, the the UFOs, some people like to call them also USOs, but they're the same thing. If they're impervious to the air, they're impervious to the water.
0: Right, right. Uh, Unidentified submersible objects, so um is that right is that did, did I That's, is that the correct acronym uh, USO
2: You're um, right at target it's a term i don't use very often because i don't really think there's much distinction
0: Right right how big is wolf lake
2: I don't know if i can answer that it's it's a, a nice size lake but not too big How's that for an answer
0: Right but but people report seeing flying discs, flying saucers uh, come out of and enter into this lake?
2: That's correct. And uh, to get off on a slightly different tangent with this, there is one man that lives in the area and he as a young boy lived in uh, the Brooksville area of Florida, which uh, at least in the past has been a a hot UFO spot. And when he was a boy he was uh, abducted by a ship. His story was eventually made into a movie. And, let's see, it was called The Flight of a Navigator. Uh, it's a delight. Oh, movie. yes.
0: I remember that movie.
2: And it's based on, they certainly take it way beyond what he experienced. They made it much more, you know, dramatic and, and uh, you know, to make the movie interesting. But it was initially his experience that inspired that story, that movie, that story. I,
0: right, right. That sounds he true.
2: Now, he lives now in that area uh, near Perry. And uh I think his life has been strange ever since. Uh he had an implant uh which bothered him a lot and uh, he finally was able to find a dentist who was sympathetic to him and the uh the dentist found the implant and took it out and some of his problems disappeared after that. But he got to the point where he wouldn't report the UFOs anymore because Uh, when he did, he found that his computers were shut down or totally destroyed and it got very expensive just to replace computers. Uh, so he, he kind of clammed up as a source. But, um, I thought it was very interesting. He went from the childhood experience, um, and then moved right into the Perry area.
0: Right, right. So he was, was he drawn to the area or did he find himself in North Carolina simply by happenstance? I think
2: it was, I think it was happenstance. Um, uh, in fact, I'm sure that's what it was. <clears throat> his, his family has had, uh, um, like, like old homesteads here, probably before they were in um, Florida, but I can't be sure of that.
0: Now, the, the um, implant, uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm of two minds on implants. One, we could be looking at some sort of a tracking device by uh, E.T., uh and and uh, this is sort of a common phenomenon reported by abductees uh, but also we have the targeted individual who are being who are being targeted by some sinister uh, government force perhaps hard to say uh who do you think is responsible for these implants in this particular case when we're talking about Perry
2: um I don't know if we can ever be absolute on any of this. The more you learn about these subjects, the more muddled it gets and you see more possibilities. For example, I've gone from uh, years ago thinking that all UFOs were from somewhere else. I no longer feel that way. In fact, I think we're fooled a great deal by uh, UFOs that are uh, either designed by our military or um, I've come to believe that the... Um, uh, Nazi groups, uh, Nazi people and the reptilians were in cahoots for a very long time. And I've written about some of that. There's two articles I've posted, uh, about Antarctica recently. In fact, if you're on the homepage of Skyships over Cashews, you'll see one, uh, you'll see two, one right after the other. One says Antarctica volcanoes helped the Nazi, Nazis build secret base. And the other one is, uh, Antarctica, reptilian aliens helped the Nazis. And it seems like so much science fiction, but the more you dig into this, you go, oh my god, this awful science fiction story may be more truth than we realize. The and idea, the,
0: the idea that reptilians maybe have always been here and, uh, when the, when the, uh, the Nazis were exploring the Antarctic as someplace to sort of stash their war plunder. They they discovered this uh, reptilian civilization and they came to some sort of a uh, an agreement.
2: I have, I have a feeling that it was more likely that they were contacted by the uh, reptilians um, before the war. Um, you, you I know you know about all these stories about the um, uh, Nazis having a type of craft or UFO-type craft uh, during World War II. Um, this information, from all the sources I can read, is that um, that knowledge was provided by the reptilians. Uh, they may have been contacted that way first, and then later uh, were allowed access to um, uh, the facilities beneath Antarctica. And it's very interesting because... You think of Antarctica as just a big sheet of ice and snow. Um, they've been able to use, you know, advanced equipment, and they can see what lies beneath the ice. And there are uh, channels or rivers that are underneath that, and the most active volcanic ridge in the world is under the western part of Antarctica. And the uh, volcanoes have formed underground tubes and caverns, some of them very large, and the reptilians converted the uh, volcanic caverns into their under uh, sea or under uh, Antarctica facilities. Uh, once the Nazis teamed up with the reptilians, they were provided with some of the smaller caverns uh, for their own use, and that has been a place that they have been building um, uh, spacecraft. Uh For decades
0: now well there's and- certainly a lot of interest, a lot of dignitaries going down to the Antarctica recently. I think one of the uh, the patriarchs of the Orthodox Church was recently down there. of course, uh, John Kerry, former Secretary of State, was recently down there so you, you, you based on your research, you suspect that that Perry, this new area fifty one is a joint u s military alien um, um, installation, correct?
2: There is some kind of cooperation going on or we wouldn't see so much UFO activity around it. Um, so, yes, I do believe there is some kind of cooperation there. The first person who told me about the facility <clears throat> had grown up in uh, a family that was under guard, so to speak, uh, because her father was had high security clearance in a nuclear warhead production facility. And everybody that worked there was under uh, strict codes of ethics. They could not talk to anybody about it. Uh, uh, This is actually a woman, and she tells about experiences in the 1950s when she was a child. And she said she even knew of some people who had uh, spoken about things that were going on at this base and She said uh, they would have heart attacks and turned out to be vegetables. So people were very, very much intimidated. And she had kept this to herself and perhaps her husband and immediate family literally for decades. When I met her, she was, I believe, in her late 60s. I think I got the years right. And um, she and her husband kept coming into the the place where I worked, and they kind of gingerly start conversations about UFOs with me because they knew about the website and um, then they started telling me about UFO experiences uh, in the Smoking Mountain National Park and I said well why don't we get together I think you've got a story to share and so I eventually met them at their camper trailer expecting to do a story about UFOs and what they had done was they had been checking me out for months because they wanted to tell about the Perry facility and they wanted to make sure they could trust me. So that's how I, be- that's when I first learned about Perry and what was going on there. And that uh, initial contact is one of the ones who told me that this is a facility that's six stories deep. And she said they have. Uh, electromagnetic ability to wipe out people's memories. That kind of stuck in my head ever since then. Um, and you begin to put these pictures together. And once I put her story on the website, um, I then got a letter uh, that was hand-delivered to me uh, by another man. Uh, actually, had a go-between do it. But he wrote me uh, a letter confirming what this woman had said. And uh, he was real precise, and I, I printed the, his whole letter uh, in my book about the underground facilities, and he just wanted to verify that the lady was telling the truth. And um, I knew from other connections that he indeed had high security clearance. But he was paranoid, too. He did not deliver that message himself to me. He had uh, somebody that we both know uh, deliver it to me, Um, And he was just very, very cautious because they can lose their careers. They can lose, I don't know what all they can lose, but they're very, very scared of letting it be known that they're the ones that are providing the information.
0: He could be your Bob Lazar.
2: Kind of, yep, yep. And you you know what they do to these people? You know about Bob Lazar. I mean, they tried to wipe him out like he never existed. Right. And that's a real common thing. If they don't wipe you out and destroy all your records, uh, they will start putting on information that makes you look like a very dubious character and not trustworthy. And uh, uh, that seems to have been done a lot.
0: How about in this particular case? Has your source has his has his record been expunged?
2: This guy is still functioning. He's okay. So we haven't blown his cover.
0: Has he talked to you about, um, you know, back engineering, aliens, spacecraft, anything like that?
2: Um, he wouldn't go beyond what uh, his letter said, and I mean, if you're interested, I can read the letter to you. If if not, I don't have to. But uh,
0: if you have uh, it handy, Mary, that would be terrific. I, I,
2: uh, and this is word for word, and he had some things in parentheses, uh, which I explain in the book are not my parentheses. They he added them. Himself in the letter. He even went to the extreme of changing his style of writing, so it couldn't be. uh, You know, we all have a fingerprint in the way we write, and he wanted to make sure there was no fingerprint of his speech patterns in the letter. Okay, here goes. He says, "I must remain anonymous, though I have adequately presented myself to an individual who was known to your website and can vouch for my truthfulness." I have an awareness due to the nature of my work and associations of highly classified, (coughs) excuse me, and ongoing government, military projects, and capabilities. (coughs) I can confirm the truthfulness of the information in a recent article on your website about a secret underground facility beneath the Folsom Mountains of Western North Carolina. The entrance to the facility is hidden beneath the benign looking Pisca Astronomical Research Institute known as Perry. You might say it's hidden in plain sight because surface equipment and buildings are available to astronomy students and research specialists. The underground facility is at least city-sized and has supporting infrastructure, water, electricity, roads, etc. However, the facility is in a remote area and well guarded. Outsiders only are welcome <clears throat> by appointment or by special invitation. Uh, what has and is going on beneath Perry is highly classified and possibly only part of a large network of say, such capabilities and otherwise known as black projects. I am providing this impo- information a ver- in a very circuitous fashion for my own protection, yet, I wish to help shine light on the top secret activity in. Around and under the mountains of Western North Carolina.
0: Hmm. Uh, when was that letter dated?
2: Um, I put uh, this book went to press in 2015. It was not too long before it went to press. Uh, the date um, there was no date on the uh, letter. He simply sent the note.
0: Okay, so sometime oh, between no. 2015, sometime between it. 2015.
2: He gave me the letter on January 18,
0: 2010. Oh, okay. And have there been further correspondence?
2: Uh, no, he doesn't want that to, to happen either. Because every time he would have contact with me, it would put him at risk of possibly being discovered. So that uh, I've not gone any farther with him.
0: But, but Perry isn't the only uh, underground base in North Carolina. You mentioned another one underneath the Smoky Mountains National Park.
2: I've written about five of them. One is the Perry. The other one is underneath the Smoky Mountain National Park. One is under Sugarloaf Mountain, which is just west of Chimney Rock State Park, again here. It's near Lake Lure. Some of your uh, listeners may be familiar with those two things. There's one in uh, the Linville Gorge. Um, So they're they're, uh, in many places.
0: And, and are they acknowledged military bases or are some of them absolutely just off the, off the charts?
2: They're off, they're not on the maps. And it's very odd because, uh, one of the closest towns to the Perry facility is a town called Roswell. Oh uh, no, <laughs> Oh, it isn't Roswell, it's Rosman. And, uh, people, including myself, have seen, uh, military vehicles, uh, in that area and there's no military Base in the area, so why do we keep seeing military bases or military equipment? And and
0: the, uh, the the other bases, UFO sightings are they are they rampant around these other these other bases? Are they more sightings than than usual?
2: It seems to depend on what's going on. For example, you mentioned the uh, facility beneath the Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, there was that may be the most recent one within uh, Western North Carolina uh, because from like 2010 to 2013, there was lots of evidence of construction being done uh, beneath the ground. And um, we pretty much have been able to zero in on where the entrance to this facility is. And I have maps and things of that nature in my book. Um, but... Again, I've been fortunate to get uh, retired military witnesses and he, one of them, even got uh, photos of these car- huge cargo planes with their tailgates still opening, or open, coming out from uh, where this entrance would be. Um, and so the plane is real low and it hasn't even had time to close uh, the cargo gate, which is at the rear end of the cargo plane and there have been uh, Osprey and uh, helicopters and sky cranes. Uh, they they have seen, um, it would be like the size of a railroad car being uh, dropped by parachute from these vehicles. Uh, so most of what's, you know, during this construction time, there was lots and lots of these, this kind of activity. Uh, we don't see as much anymore because I suspect they have most of it constructed, though. Hmm. But they were closing roads. Uh, there's a road called, it's got an Indian name, it's Pine he- Tugi Road. Um, it was closed for two years, and they said it was because they um, there had been a washout and things of this nature. Well, there was no evidence of any kind of a washout. They had just closed that road off, period and um, one of the things that's proof that it wasn't a washout is that a reservoir in that area uh, was completely bone dry, and later people found uh, a 50,000-gallon water tank mostly submerged where the reservoir had once been, and there were pipes going from that tank uh, going down into the ground, so obviously they were using that water um as a supply of uh, of water for whatever was going on beneath the place Mary and Joyce a,
0: sorry Mary Joyce yeah. is with us the author of underground military bases hidden in North Carolina and uh, she has identified at least 5 could there be more
2: um i think they're all connected underneath the ground uh the reason i say this is that uh Perry for example is along the Balsam Mountain ridge and At certain times, uh, people have reported um, major mechanical sounds from beneath the ground or uh, grinding or different kinds of sounds that only last for a while and then it stops. Um, It We pretty much have concluded that they were using those underground boring machines to create, um, uh, I don't know, transportation tunnels between the different facilities. And there's evidence of this kind of thing all through the spine of the Appalachian Mountains going up uh, close to um, D.C. And I'm sure you're aware of what I believe is the oldest underground facility that is now open to the public. And it was beneath the uh, Greenbrier Hotel in right on the border of Virginia and West Virginia.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, that when we come back, if we can. Mary Joyce is with me. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the Dead Files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love Tales of the Paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. reduce stress, and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon 60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast, or go to c60evo.com Richard hyphen Serrett e60evo.com slash richard hyphen Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout.
1: Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one, Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more, Conspiracy Unlimited? And the great thing is, we have six hyperdimensions left, Conspiracy Unlimited. Five.
0: Mary Joyce, welcome back. You were talking about uh, a Greenbrier. Uh, this is a. Um, uh, well, it's essentially it's a bunker, is it not? The, in, under the National Military Command uh, in Northern Virginia.
2: It's uh, right on the border of West Virginia and Virginia in the mountains. Uh, it's beneath or within um, the Greenbrier Hotel, which to this day is um, a very upscale place where people go. Uh, it has the golf courses and things of that nature. But now you can actually get tours of the bunker facility that was hidden for so many years uh, beneath that hotel. Have you and been? It, it Have- was quite exciting. A- Uh, It it was quite extensive. And um, I think if you type in, I can't swear to this, but on our search bar, if you type in uh, the Greenbrier, you might get to the article that we've done on it, and you can see photos um, of that facility.
0: So you've been, have you?
2: Uh, I have not been on the tour. I have been uh, by the hotel. What's interesting is we, um, a friend and I, went up to... Um, visit some of the hot springs. So we didn't have any of this in mind. And as we were driving and approaching, um, what are they called? Hampstead? The Homestead? Homestead, which is another, um, upscale resort that's been around forever. And we saw this long line of black, uh, vehicles. Um, and we followed them and they went in. Uh, the back entrance to the homestead so to this day those places are still being used for meeting places for people out of Washington D.C. Why,
0: why do you suppose they opened this one up to the public? Why because would they, why would so they tip their hand? so
2: out of date which to me just gives us proof that whatever they've got built now has to be so much further developed uh, if they're letting us see these facilities uh, I think the word got out uh, you know, through the rumor mill that this existed and to the point where they couldn't deny that it existed and they just decided to um, acknowledge it since it was so out of date.
0: Now, have you coordinated at all with Peter Davenport at the National UFO Reporting Center? I'm just wondering if you might be able to find that those particular underground bases whether there might they may be a a real cluster there of ufo sightings i mean he would be able to provide that data i'm sure
2: that's really a good idea and no i haven't and yes i should how's that (laughs) (laughs) for answer?
0: or move on i suppose but uh, i mean i i i was thinking of peter because he's a good friend of the show and uh uh, I just think his work is great. And it's terrific, the, and it's what a database he has there. Um, what
2: sorts of... Yeah, we, do, we do send him our notices. We do uh, send out notices to people who are interested whenever we update the website. And when we have new postings regarding sightings, we do always send it to them. What sorts of craft
0: are seen in and around these bases? What do they look like?
2: Um, let's... The ones that I've, I've heard about as close as possible to the um, facilities are more like the saucer-shaped ones, the stereotypical one, you know, that it's sort of like the old Billy Meyer type images. Sure, sure. Uh, that would be the most common. But we have seen all different kinds of UFOs in this area, and the, the, the appearance is... Yeah, they're very very different. Uh, the most different ones have been seen over cacheers. We've gotten photos of them. they're on our under um, skyship photos at the moment I can't tell you what year it is maybe two or three years back. But there were UFOs that looked like asteroids and they were close enough so that the photos give you a whole lot of detail uh, but they wouldn't they, they could stay suspended in one place and then move. They didn't move like an asteroid would move. Uh, then we've had UFOs that are cigar-shaped. We've had them where um, they're like more like a, a decorative cake where you see multiple layers. Uh, we see the ones that are spheres. Um, we've seen a lot of phenomena, which just makes you wonder. There was one, and again, we were able to get pictures of it, where you see, I think it was four lights in the sky, and then they kind of morphed. Um, as they morphed they went from being like UFOs, uh then they turned into letters or numbers in the sky, and we had the numbers sixteen nineteen uh in the sky above cashers, and then it morphed and disappeared. Um, so the kind of things that we see in the sky are quite strange. Some of it I describe as like finger painting, uh where obviously they're moving so fast that within one camera shot. Uh, the, the movement is caught, and it will be in colors, and it almost looks like somebody's dipped their um, a finger in a bowl of rainbow paint and just swirled it on the, in, the, in the sky. So the phenomena is quite different. I cannot explain why we have so many different kinds here. Uh, but they definitely are not all the same.
0: What brought you to North Carolina, by the way?
2: Um, that kind of gets into my strange life. Um, I've always felt like I was drawn to come up here. And actually, in a spiritual message, I was told, don't worry about it. When it's time for you to go there, it will be really, really clear. Well, at the time, I was living on a lake in the Ocala National Forest, and we had a huge drought, and um, I decided to apply to teach at the Cherokee Indian Reservation, which is very close to where I am. Um, and we took it as a sign because the place where I lived, when we returned to it after being at this interview, the um, there were four ways into the forest where we were. And I literally saw one tree fall and cr- cross one road. It eventually all but one road had been... Um, blocked by trees falling because it was so dry. So you have sandy soil and not water, and the trees come down. And I just took that as a sign, well, I think it's time to go to North Carolina. So coming up here had nothing um, to do with UFOs, though so I had seen UFOs in Florida when I lived down there. I used to live uh, on the beach between Patrick Air Force Base and the Kennedy Space Center and um, I saw a number of UFOs down there.
0: The, the, the military bases, uh, do you suspect that they are to be found across the United States in remote, very remote locations? For example, uh, are we likely to see underground bases where wherever we have large national parks, forested areas?
2: Uh, I believe it's to their advantage where they can't be observed easily. Um, and that's that would be true of all these places. And if they will, the, the government will actually buy up land to create buffer zones. Uh, I'll give you a specific example. Uh, there is a facility beneath, um, Sugarloaf Mountain, which is near the Chimney Rock facility in Landlord. And the government has brought up, uh, bought additional, uh, parkland so that this place can only be approached by one road. It can't be approached from, let's say, well, just one road in now. And, uh, the first time I was there, that road was a hairpin gravel road all the way up, uh, not easy to travel. Um, it has since been um, upgraded. Uh, huge electrical cables had been put in. Um, we actually talked to people who had seen as many as 20 of those huge electric trucks at one time on that road, and again, it was a narrow gravel road originally and they installed cables that were like 10 inches in diameter that went up the mountain and at the top of the mountain there are only eight houses so there is no excuse for having that kind of uh, electrical electrical power being sent up there and when you get up to the top then those cables go under the ground um, so I don't know where I started out with all of that but uh, well, well, I was you had asking. a glimpse of yes. the electrical power that's there.
0: I was asking about the remote location of these underground bases because that, that leads me to this question, and that is the work of David Politas uh, of Canada for, or, um, Missing 411, this series of uh, books detailing all of the people that go missing in national parks, uh, across North America. So I'm just wondering if there might be a connection between these UFO underground bases and all of these missing persons in national parks and, of course, the National Park Service is very, very reluctant to release data on this.
2: Um, I don't know what his final conclusion is about all these disappearances. I know that at least at one point he was trying to blame them on the Bigfoot, which I totally, totally disagree with. Um, but the more I learn, um, the more I get into this weird world I really didn't wish to have existed, but it does and um the nazis are still operating as i said in antarctica and they continue to use slave labor so where is the slave labor coming from um that's one thing they uh another thing is that there is uh, a group of um aliens that some the little people call the dominators and they're very afraid of the dominators and they say the dominators refer to the earth as the farm, uh, and that this is, they like to, like, so gross, but they like to eat people, especially, um, young children, which might explain why some, so many young children are disappearing. But we've had, uh, an, 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 a whole lot of uh, people with special expertise, medical people, uh, scientists, who have also disappeared and perhaps they're being taken so that their knowledge can be used uh, for these unknown powers.
0: So let's, in the time that remains, talk about the Nazi connection. These uh, Antarctic bases, these joint Nazi uh, alien bases uh, that uh, perhaps are being uncovered now because of uh, the melting ice, which is perhaps why so many dignitaries are f- flocking down there to see what's going on but what do those bases in the antarctic uh that were sort of joint nazi bases joint nazi alien bases uh that were begun in the 1940s what do they have to do with north carolina in 2018 what do the, what do the nazis have to do with north carolina in this uh, day and age
2: one of the, if people want to get into a lot of good research, William Tompkins, uh, who died, I think, about a year ago, uh, was involved in uh, Navy intelligence uh, during World War II. He was also involved at NASA at the very highest levels and worked with people like uh, Werner von Braun. Um, his book is just jam-packed with uh, information. So anybody who um, wants to, to really delve into this, he's a good source. And he is one of the people that I found very credible who talks about this reptilian uh, Nazi alliance. And uh, uh, when you get that information from somebody with his kind of credentials, you have to take a big gulp and go, oh, my goodness, this could really, really be true. Um, The article that we have um, called Antarctica, Reptilian Aliens Help Nazis, uh, I do quote uh, William Tompkin to some degree uh, regarding that. Uh, So your listeners might, when they have a few moments, enjoy taking a look at that article.
0: But but could you maybe just maybe give us a, a bit of a synopsis?
2: The Nazis have they supposedly lost World War II, but I don't think they really lost the big battle. There is evidence of Nazi influence in our corporations and in our government. Um, I did a story on William Pollock, who was another man with excellent credentials, uh, who's no longer living. Uh, he did the secure high-security um, designs for Air Force One and for Area 51. And he um, had an experience where he was at Tonopah, which is a little bit more unknown to the public than Area 51, but they're both in Nevada. And he was called <clears throat> to a meeting and um, at Tounpa, and the building that they met in, this airplane, came in and cruised right up to the door. A man got out with a bodyguard, and I think a briefcase, and he was dressed in um, like high-style European uh, clothing and shoes. This man went to the back of the meeting, listened to everyone, report on what they had been doing. Um, At the very end, he spoke just briefly. He was never identified, but when he did speak, it was in high German. Um, Bill Pollack uh, came to the awful conclusion that uh, the Nazis are very much involved in what's going on in our country today. and He says it's much more extensive uh, than what we realize.
0: Which is it's interesting. I mean, uh, Joseph Farrell has written a great deal about this, the Nazi International. How the the German army surrendered at the uh, close of the Second World War, but the the third the the officers of the Third Reich, the the uh, the Vice Chancellor, etc., never did. So the Nazis never re- surrendered. So the idea, I guess, is that they moved their base of operation. Uh, from Berlin uh, to where? South America, the Antarctic, and eventually to the United States.
2: That's my understanding also from all the research I've done. You're right.
0: So as we wrap up Hour One uh, here, Mary, uh, what is the takeaway here in terms of these underground bases, and what are you going to be doing uh, next in terms of investigating these bases?
2: I should mention one more. I, I told you that there were five, and the one that I forgot to mention is under Mount Mitchell. So for those who are interested, there's one under the Pisgah Astronomical Research Institute, one under uh, uh, Glenville or Linville Gorge, one under Sugarloaf Mountain near Chimney Rock, one under the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, and one under Mount Mitchell. So those are the ones that I have been fortunate enough to uh, meet people Usually with high security clearance, who just want to blow the whistle on what's going on. So, um, I'm really bad. I start walk, uh, talking and then I forget what your original question was.
0: That's all right. Um, I, I
2: just, I guess what's,
0: well, what's the next stage here in terms of your investigating these bases? Are you looking for more whistleblowers?
2: Um, I wasn't looking for any of these whistleblowers. Um, uh, they all contacted me initially, uh, because of the website and so they have really sought me out and most of them have spent time checking me out before they decide to share their stories um, so i don't know if i can make the stories happen uh because up to this point i have not been the one who's made them happen
0: all right once again uh, the website is skyships over cashiers Dot com, skyships over cashiers.com. And um, uh, where can people get a copy of the book, Underground Bases Hidden in North Carolina?
2: Um, I have all the books available on Amazon, and it's the Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains. There's one, Cherokee Little People Are Real, um, and the third one is totally different, and it's called Tangible Evidence of Jesus left behind for us to find. They're all available on Amazon. If you want to learn a little bit more about each one, go to the website, skyshipsovercashers.com, and do a quick scroll to the bottom of the editor's corner, and there'll be a little summary of each of the books.
0: Mary, you good to talk Cherokee little people when we come back? Uh, if you like. Excellent. Alright, stand by.
1: A new